A very special hello to everyone listening on the Tape Podcast Network. I hope you're all having a lovely day. Welcome back to Changing Minds Through Gaming. This is an episode with Webb Pickersgill, who's a video game developer from all the way over in the USA. I was lucky enough to be invited onto his Twitch channel. He's a game developer who's worked on the Life is Strange series before. I did have to get up at 3am to record this interview with him. It's quite a challenge in its own, but it was all good fun. Webb shared some really interesting stories about his experience in working in video games, and I think you'll enjoy hearing them. So thank you very much for listening, and without further ado, I'll pass you over to Past Nile. Hope you enjoy it. Hello everyone, my name is Niall, welcome back to Changing Minds Through Gaming. This is going to be an episode with Mr. Webb Pickersgill, who's the wonderful co-director from Life is Strange Before the Storm, performance director from Life is Strange Street Colors, I believe, and yeah. many other things. So it's it's wonderful to have you here, mate. Um, thank you so much for your time for letting me on your Twitch channel as well. This is my first time on Twitch. Great, yeah, thank you for having me. I think we worked out a great arrangement. It's a win-win for both of our communities. So yeah, happy to be here. Right, I'm going to start off with some more general questions about mental health to kind of like break into it a bit. Um, So to start off with, I was wondering how, what is mental health to you and how would you define it? Oh, it's like a college test. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm you like, gotta, okay, I wanna. You gotta pass so, the exam before you gain entry to the rest of the That's right. Do I get. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, mental health. Um, usually, when you hear the word mental health, I think a lot of people immediately think there's something wrong with you. I think there's a, a negative connotation just with that phrase, mental health, which is weird because when you say, you know, just health, people think, oh, you know, it's just how good you are usually it's connotated in the positive, whereas the word mental health is naturally connotated in a negative way. And that kind of sucks. Like that, that's like an immediate problem right there. (laughs) So what is it to me? It's about, um, maintaining a healthy, (laughs) maintaining a healthy way of balancing your thoughts in your life so that you can, you can function in society in society and with your friends. It doesn't mean that you're happy all the time because that's unnatural. And it doesn't mean you're sad all the time. It means that, you know, we have waves and it's okay to ride those waves. Um, And, you know, navigating those waves is is part of the the challenge, but um, it's about making sure that those waves, the balance between those waves is, you know, we want it to be so that we have times in our lives that are, that are positive. It's okay to dig deep and, and, get into the trenches and stuff and it's okay to be down in there, but it's, but we have to be able to come out of it in, in ways so that it balances out. One of the things that really inspired me to, to start making this series was that feeling I had when I kind of came to this realization that I'd been suffering with mental health issues for most of my life. And they kind of started when I was early teens, so about 13 or so. And since then, I've kind of had ups, up and down periods, as I think is normal with, with most people. Um, I kind of only properly realized when I was in ending off university, because I didn't have the best time there. I didn't feel very kind of integrated to things. I wasn't enjoying my course very much. I studied biology, and I wasn't, wasn't enjoying it at all. And it took me until my third year to kind of realize that 
the way I was living wasn't how I wanted to carry on living. Like, I didn't want to be this unhappy all the time, and it finally kind of got low enough and clicked in my head that something must be quite wrong for me to be feeling so down all the time. And that was kind of a turning point in my life where I kind of suddenly realised I've got to ask for help for this. I've got to go and search for, for counselling and things like that. Yeah, the kind of the thing that inspired me to make this channel was kind of understanding finally that I'd gone so long without fully being able to kind of comprehend the mental health issues I was facing and I don't think that's right for people to kind of have to deal with that. I think people should become more aware at a younger age of kind of the troubles with mental health and kind of just more awareness of it in general and a lot of that I guess comes from education and but I think a lot of it as well comes from just small talk with people so kind mm -hmm. of just mentioning it little by little in you know, the most random conversations wherever it's appropriate and kind of bringing it up to people a bit more often I think that's kind of one of the main ways you can kind of tackle this kind of it's almost like everyone turns a blind eye to it almost so yeah the way i see it is it's it's like the elephant in the room okay so you if it's you you and like three other people and you're at a party right or anyway you you have a group of people and you're just hanging out and you're talking usually that conversation is on the up right so you're talking, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I got this fun story. Oh my gosh, you know. Um, it's, you know, if somebody were to come into a, you know, a conversation like that and say, um, hey guys, I'm, you know, I had to I had to quit my my Ironman race and I'm really feeling down right now. There's like a social norm that that's not cool to do. <laughs> you don't go into a into a room and mm -hmm. drop a bomb. And then, you know, all of a sudden everybody just gets uncomfortable and it's just like, oh, I thought we were talking about fun stuff. I wanted to have fun. So, I mean, so like that's kind of like the elephant in the room, right? Because when you have, um, when you're suffering with depression or you have something that's heavy on your heart and socially we can't express that, right? It's not cool to express that in a social situation. So you you put on the happy face and you're like hey guys how's it going and you, you basically pretend and you push through which doesn't help the situation right it, it teaches us to put on masks and to be fake which is also not healthy right so we're almost caught you know uh not causing the problem but we're um reinvesting in the problem by painting over it with you know lipstick or whatever the analogy is but there there are definitely ways that we could be better as social creatures in dealing with this, right? Not ignoring it, because a lot of that happens, not painting over it with lipstick or uh, ignoring things and trying to pretend everything is okay or ignoring the person who's being a downer and try to up it, you know, but graciously acknowledging when somebody isn't feeling great, talk to them. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, you know, what can I do for you? Um, you know, being there with them for a second and supporting them and then, you know, casually saying, hey, we wanted to get back to the conversation we were doing earlier without being an asshole about it um, and having that be OK for everybody. Or if he's like, actually, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. Can we talk a little bit more about me? OK, at least then it's a negotiation, right? It's not just like I'm just not pulling you down because I'm here and I'm going to pull you down. It's like, hey, let's I, I'd like to keep talking about this. And also having the conversation 
people have the permission to say, actually, I don't want to talk about this right now. Is that okay? But you know what? I would, you know, uh, you want to get together tomorrow for coffee. I, I want to talk to you more about it or whatever. Like, it's okay to negotiate those things and not just ignore them and try to pretend they're not there or you know, dismiss the person because you're uncomfortable. Like, let's open that conversation. So, do you reckon it's anyway. about communication skills more than anything? Then, do you reckon as well that's something that can maybe be taught more? I, I guess so. As I'm kind of talking through it, you're right. It is a communication thing, and it's a. It's not just communication, but it's a confidence mm-hmm. in a communication, right? Because when you're, like, when you're not feeling great, and you know your communication skills are just going to be shit anyway, because you're just yeah. not feeling great. So you're just you're not thinking about things. Um, so it's. Um, but when you're in that, the, the other three people in that group in the theoretical group here is you need to be confident in what you're saying and not like uncomfortable with my, the feelings that I'm feeling. Oh God, this person's making me feel bad. And what do I say? And I, it's okay. Like you need to be confident saying, are you okay? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking through this. this is like the first time I've really kind of thought through this. I did not do any homework on this, uh, on this topic, by the way, I just wanted to kind of be fresh. And just come in and kind of think off the cuff and yeah. think with you, right? So I don't know where all this is coming from. I think it's kind of like difficult as well, isn't it? Because different people react differently to mental health issues and the way they yeah. want to be treated is going to be different as well. So it can be a, yeah, very, that is true. a very personal kind of thing. So I think, as you were saying, communication is going to be quite an important kind of asset to have because you need to be able to find out whether a certain individual is like, can respond well to what you're doing. Um, yeah, I was actually I was having a conversation with someone a few months back about um, mental health first aid training. Don't know if you've heard of that, hmm. but it's no. kind of like a a general a general set of rules that can be taught to people um, to kind of apply to different um, mental health issues that people are facing. Not quite set in stone, but kind of like a guide of different things to go through and. Yeah, it's it's almost like no matter what, this is going to help this person in some way and trying to do it in the best way possible. So I think that kind of thing being being taught, I think it started to be taught in more workplaces, people who are kind of at a more management side of companies and things, but that kind of thing kind of being integrated even more to, to say, schools and things like that would really, really help kind of put through that message. And I think as well, like, it's about... Um, kind of normalizing the behavior of of having that kind of conversation with someone about their mental health and asking them what's what's the best way for me to help you you know right and that's i've never heard of it that way but first what is it mental health first aid Mm. it's when you say it and you just take a second to think about it it totally makes sense it's okay yeah we're not doctors like you cut yourself. Yeah. You're not a doctor, but you can at least patch it and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, tame it for a second long enough to get proper treatment. So yeah, uh, that form of training, I think would be great. Like if companies could offer that, uh, you know, as part of, cause yeah, I mean, they offer CPR training, right. And they offer like basic physical health, um, in first aid, but why not mental health because we more more than likely are going to suffer a mental health issue at work mm. than we would a physical issue depending on of course where you work i had the best boss for um a long time uh, zach garris who was the game director of life is strange true colors um before he left deck nine and he 
he was so empathetic and he'd always come to my office. We'd have one-on-ones. He'd check in with me every two or three weeks. Um, and I, I, I always laughed um, when we would talk because I told him, I'm like, I feel like I should be paying you. You feel like my therapist because like we would get together and yeah, we would talk about work things, but mostly it was, he was checking in. How are you doing? How, you know, how is the work going? How, you know, how are you dealing with these pressures? How are, um, are you doing what you want to be doing? Or do you want to be doing something different? Like he was very in tune to me emotionally and that made all the difference. Um, I would always come out of those meetings just feeling empowered, feeling rejuvenated. Yeah, and it can make such a huge difference to people, can't it? Just having that space to be able to kind of be open. And I think sometimes there's, there's a bit of a fine line and it's maybe a difficult line to tread, um, knowing which way to go, knowing whether people want to be pushed about something or whether they'd rather be kind of left to their own devices. But as soon as you have that conversation with someone, you can find it out quite quickly. And yeah, that's, that's why communication is so important, I guess. It is. You're right. It's, it's communication because it's a, it's a negotiated thing, right? Mm. Cause not everybody is as open as, as anybody else. So you could equally have a conversation with another um, teammate where you're like, Hey, I see you're going through some tough trouble. Anything you want to talk about? And they could say, honestly, no, I don't want to talk about it. And then cool. I totally understand. And just reinforcing the idea that, look, I'm here. If you ever need anything, I can be a confidant. I can, you know, I can be an ear. I don't have to try to solve anything. I could literally just listen. If you want somebody to talk to just making sure that that offer is out there, right. can sometimes be enough. Just knowing that, okay, I have a safety net. I gotta say as well, I love Zach Garris. I love that man. I've seen, yeah. I've seen some, was it a playthrough he did of before the storm with Eurogamer? Oh yeah. It's, yeah. Really, really cool. His voice, right? I know. I mean, just, like just his, his, voice. his voice is like down in here, and he's like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" It's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, millions of women swoon everywhere every time he speaks. It's it's awesome. I was curious in one of your vods, you mentioned that there was a difference between working on Before the Storm and working on True Colors in regards to kind of I don't know if it was your mental health or kind of work ethic. Could you kind of touch upon that a bit? Yeah, it's really interesting. And this is, say, a deep story, and it could go on long-winded, so (laughs) I'll try to to keep it short so you can actually ask questions as we go. So when when I made um, Before the Storm, we had just come back from a possible near collapse of the studio. So we were working on a game, and in the middle of working on this, other game, the first game that I was hired for, um, the publisher that we were working with literally went bankrupt overnight. We were recording in the recording studio. We woke up one morning to go to the studio and on the way to the studio, we got a phone call saying, don't come in, the doors are closed, we're bankrupt, go home. <laughs> it was like, it was nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So almost overnight, the entire studio was at risk um, and we, we pulled all the resources we had as a studio. We really slimmed down. I was one of the few people that was able to stay on. Um, this is a lot of setup, I know, but it helped paint the bigger picture. So stay with me here. Um, so we we slimmed down. I was one of like 11 people that was on with the studio for like a year. And we struggled to create a demo that would help get us our next game. And that demo we shopped to Square Enix and Square Enix saw it and saw the potential that we could 
help them develop um, the next Life is Strange, the Before the Storm. Um, we we did tests with them, and they really put us through the ringer to make sure that we could do it. And when we succeed those tests, they gave us the project. So now we basically come back from the ashes. We have Life is Strange Before the Storm. I'm working on this, and I am just beside myself. I was a fan before I even um, before I even worked on the franchise. Like I, the, the day it came out, I bought the game. I was a fan, loved it. So getting to work on it was like crazy awesome for me. So here I am working on. <laughs> I'm working in the game industry. I've been in film for years. I'm now working in games. I'm working on a franchise that I played and love. And it's um, anyway, it's just like a dream come true. So I was I was in I was all in. So I, my work ethic now coming to the actual question was just work all the time. My work life balance um, in order to have a balance, you need to have two things that go between um, my there was no work life balance because it was just my life. <laughs> and it's just um, my my hobbies were my career. My career was what I like to do. So it was all just one giant mush. Um, so yeah, I was working sometimes 12, 14. I think my longest stretch was 20 hour. Uh, I did a 20 hour day once. Um, but I know I don't say that for like sympathy or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you. It was just like, I loved doing what I was doing. Like I, I just couldn't stop working. I'm like, oh, I think I'll work on this for a little while. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting bored of that. Oh, let me go work on this for a little. And it was just, it was invigorating. It was exciting. I couldn't do enough of it. Um, and, and it was super fun. Um, not sustainable. <laughs> you can't do that for year every year. Now we get into True Colors um, and I'll leave, I have to leave some of the details out because it is a, a very a private thing. But uh, the one thing that uh, I, I can talk about was the expectation of who I was on Before the Storm compared to the expectation of uh, the position I was going to play in True Colors were going to be very different. Um, the, the, the company was growing. They needed to, instead of having one person that does a lot of things, they needed multiple people that each did one specialty thing. I'm an all-in-one guy. I love to direct, produce, edit. Like I, I like to do it all. So I was now being asked, instead of being a game director, I was being asked to do a smaller, a smaller piece of uh, of a pie, and that hurt, hurt my ego. It hurt what I wanted to do, um, and it was hard for me to deal with that. That like that fucked me up for a a, a long time. Um, being able to say, well, "What do you mean? I'm not going to be like the game director on the next one." what like what's going on and in retrospect it's fine and in retrospect i'm very happy <laughs> this is i i love what i do and i love where i'm doing it but in the moment it fucking sucked because you're telling me okay i'm not going to be a game director on the next one um i'm going to be a performance director uh not even a cinematic director a performance director because they were really separating out all the roles so what i did was i hopped on my bike and i'm like you know what i i don't i didn't feel like i could control it, anything I felt like things were out of control and there's nothing I could do about my, my, my career or my path forward. I like, I felt completely helpless. There's nothing I could control. And I'm like, you know what? I, I want to fucking drive myself into the ground. Like I want to, I want to bike until I pass out. I want to do something that's just fucking crazy. I'm going to bike to downtown Denver and downtown Denver for me is, uh, it's about 30 miles away. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking, if I pass out halfway, fine, great. Then, you know, maybe, uh, uh, 
uh, an ambulance will scrape me off the ground, maybe go to the hospital. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Like I was just in this really bad space. I basically wanted to hurt myself like through exercise, something. I don't know. Well, what happened was um, I, I fucking did it. I, I didn't, I didn't expect to, but like, I enjoyed the ride. I was biking. I was, you know, I was biking and it was, and it was hurting and I was like kind of out of breath and everything, but, but, um, but I was actually enjoying the scenery. Like it was, I'd never been that far on the bike path before I was seeing new things and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I'm like, Oh, what's this over here? Oh, which way do I turn? And I kind of got lost in the moment of, you know, in this effort to try to hurt myself, I, um, I got lost in the moment and I started enjoying myself. And then before I knew it, I was in downtown and I was like, wait, am I here? What? And, and, and then I biked up and down there's, it's called the, the Cherry Creek trail, uh, which is, uh, there's like a Cherry Creek, which runs up through Denver up to the Cherry Creek, uh, reservoir. And it's a beautiful path. And I got there and I, you know, biked up and down for five or 10 minutes. And I'm like, I made it. And it, my, my plan, let's say backfired on me. It's not like I wanted to succeed in hurting myself, but I was surprised to find that, um, it, it gave me a high. I was like, oh my God, like I did this. I didn't expect to do this and I did this and I didn't die. And it was actually kind of fun. Of course, going back to work on Monday, having to deal with the situation, I was still in a really shitty place. So the next weekend I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to bike 50 miles next weekend. Like I was, I was unsuccessful in my ability to, you know, make myself die. So I'm going to bike 50 miles. Yeah, fucking take that. So um, I planned out a trip that would um, that would take me up to Fort Collins, which is 50 miles away. Um, it's like an hour car ride, and it hurt like a bitch. I, my back was killing me. Like it, it was a whole new level of pain for me, but I made it, and I got there. And I'm like, holy shit, I made it. And my wife met me up there, and we had lunch, and I was like, oh shit. And this went on for the next six weeks. Every weekend, I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go further or I'm going to go whatever one weekend. I'm like, you know what, instead of going further, I'm going to go higher. I decided to bike up into Idaho Springs, which is like, it's like a 3000 foot gain over the course of like a couple of months. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so every week I give myself a new challenge and I was in between, I was hating my life, but I was exercising. I was, I was getting all of this negative energy out through exercising. And it actually turned into be like one of the healthiest things I've ever done. Back in 2019, I used to weigh like 250 pounds. I was very um, obesely overweight. And I, over the course of that year, I lost 75 pounds. I got down to 170, which for me is like insane. I've been like 250 my whole life. So I worked through it and, um, and I kind of, it's funny, I, I used the negative thing in my life to create positive change. Like I, I use it as energy. Like I, I bottled it up and I threw it on a bike and I turned it into something positive. So, and that was all during true colors production, right? So I was working myself to death during dawn or during, um, uh, before the storm, but that was like, that was self-rewarding. Um, but now during true colors, I was working my butt off to work off that negative energy and work was great. I mean, I was still a little upset with my circumstance, but 
I loved what I did. I loved the performances that we were getting. I loved what I was contributing to the game. I loved my new role. I really grew into it. And eventually I, I kind of worked out of those, those negative things. So I know this is a, this is like a half an hour answer to your like 10 word question here. Um, but I just wanted to paint the larger picture of kind of like how I transformed between those, those three things, right? Like coming back from nothing, being so excited that I worked my butt off and then being so, you know, that contrast of being so negative about, wait, I did all that work. And now I'm basically feel like I'm being demoted. I feel like I'm being left behind or thrown aside. It was like backslap, but taking that negative energy and somehow it turned me around. And I, I don't know how or why. It's not like I tried to make it turn me around. It just it just happened. It's such a cool story. It's it's amazing that you found kind of a passion for that from from your lowest point, really, isn't it? Because it's funny how things can work like that sometimes. At what point did you kind of realize that it was a healthy thing that you were doing? I mean, pretty much right away. Yeah. Like, I, I did the 30 miles. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I've never done – my body has never done that before. And it almost became, um, instead of like hurting myself, it more became a game of, wait a minute, where's my limit? Like, it was almost like, like, okay, hold on. I just biked 75 miles and I still got energy in the tank. Okay. Next weekend I'm doing a hundred, like, where's my limit? Like, am I ever going to stop? Um, and you know, eventually I kind of found the outer limits of my physical abilities, but it was fun to like, to, to figure that out. And all along the way, I'm like, yeah, like who else goes out on a weekend for five hours on a bike and just, you know, just, or five to eight. And when I'm doing like a hundred miles, I'm out for like eight and a half hours. I'll get up first thing in the morning. I'm not back until dinner. Um, but like, yeah, I, I know that I was getting healthy and it felt good. It felt good to get healthy for the first time in my life. Like I could like see my toes and like, <laughs> uh, you know, I went down a couple sizes on my belt and like, I used to have all like double or triple XL shirts. I'm in like mediums and larges now. Like it's an amazing experience. It's like to, to turn all that around. So by the way, yeah, you like my shirt. I do. I love it. <laughs> and I already mentioned this to everybody in, in chat earlier, but basically these are the shirts um, at deck nine. We get uh, shirts usually every year to kind of commemorate the projects we're working on this year. This is a, hold on, I'm going to turn around and show you the back. <sighs> Colors. I think you can see that. So cool. And, uh, and then on this one. Yeah. But no, see, it's the dev team. <laughs> special, special edition. <laughs> so I'm sure anyway, so we got these you made them for public release. Just saying. Oh, I know, right. They're like hotcakes. <laughs> but this is, so this is the character Alex. Um, Alex is our protagonist and Life is Strange True Colors. And her special ability is um, she's empathetic. Uh, to, with a supernatural ability. So she's able to really feel how other people are feeling and it affects her like in a supernatural way. Mm. So this is kind of like her, like, how are you feeling anyway? So I'm so, so excited yeah, to play the game. Fun. I've been looking forward to it yeah. since it was announced. I was kind of hoping the release date would be a bit closer to when the trailer came out. You and me both, man. <laughs> like I, my work on this project has been completed for over a year now. That's like that's how long it takes from the completion of like, uh, dramatic content mm. to they have to edit it they have to light it they have to write a bunch of gameplay and code and then uh, 
QA it and then get it qualified and get it in a box. Like the process after you're done working on it, it just baffles me. Like there are people working every day still like eight hours a day to make sure that this game is, um, you know, going to release and release on time and release well. So yeah, I wish it was out yesterday as well. So you and me both. It's it's actually really interesting as well because I was having a conversation with a friend before the game was announced and all the details to do with it. And they asked me the question, if you had a superpower that was kind of realistic, what would you say is your own superpower? And the answer I gave was empathy. So I'm very interested to see how the character of Alex plays out in the story, because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of things that I can relate to. What would you say your superpower is? Damn it, I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) Shit. Okay, hold on. Um... Obviously, I make games, I make films. So, like, I like making things. Not that that's a superpower, um, but along the way, I like to help people. So, a lot of times, like when I worked in IT uh, many years ago, I would write programs because I knew that those programs would help people do their jobs. So, I got to kind of scratch both itches. It was like I got to make something that helped somebody, right? It was kind of a two for one. Um, same thing here with this game. Like, I get to make something these games are very therapeutic for many people who play them. Like they find um, a resonance with the characters that like, uh, and I've heard fans talk about how it changes their lives and about how these characters, you know, they they understand me and oh my God. So like, again, I get to do that. I get to make something that helps people. And I don't know how else that could be um, expanded, but that's kind of what I like. That's not a superpower, but I don't know. That's that's the best answer I got. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the quick story time for a second because Oh yeah, sure. When when I was in uni finishing, it was about I'd say about Christmas twenty eighteen was my lowest point. Feeling quite depressed because I'd been I'd been on my course for quite a while. I wasn't enjoying things. I I kind of knew it from the start, but not properly kind of accepted it and didn't really have a backup plan. So I was kind of very, very worried about what I was going to do afterwards, and I was very lonely and not really kind of sure which direction I was going to take. And like you were mentioning before, I was kind of feeling very, like everything was very out of my control. Um, So there were a few things that kind of brought me out of that space. Partially was kind of just an acceptance that at, at a certain point, like I was... I was thinking these negative thoughts and just kind of like, no, I don't want to be like thinking about these anymore. This has got to be something wrong. But there were a few things that kind of helped me kind of turn a corner. One of those things is a music band called 21 Pilots, and they have a lot of kind of lyrics that are related to mental health and kind of empowering yourself to kind of bring yourself through struggles and things. Hmm. One of them was discovering the film center that I go to, but I did that in the summer of 2018. The other big thing that really helped me was seeing Life is Strange Before the Storm. I remember watching the original Life is Strange game on YouTube when I, when it came out, I think, and I didn't really get it at the time too much. Like, I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to the story, and it just didn't quite, maybe it wasn't quite the right time for me to kind of take in all the messages that it's sending out. But before the storm was like perfect timing for me, and I remember I subbed to the YouTuber Jack Septicai, and the day after I subbed to him, he posted a live stream of of the farewell episode, 
And I was just kind of like, oh, I remember that game. It's pretty cool. I'm going to go and see what's what's the latest happening in that in that series. And I remember just instantly like falling in love with the game and just kind of starting to pick up on more of these kind of like subtle character things that are going on, which I hadn't really experienced before. And I went back, watched the whole playthrough of the game, and to be honest, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have played it first, but that's the way it happened. I'm kind of sad I didn't right. have because I missed out. But I went and bought the game afterwards and probably like sat down, played through it, really got into it. And as as you were saying, other people have experienced, I really can't put into words how life-changing it was for me to kind of be able to... It really just helped me look at the world in a different way because the world of Life is Strange is one that's, you know, I think at its core, it's, it's very kind of... It's always trying to tackle key issues and talk about where the power lies and things, but also, like, there's an element of mystery to it and there's an element of kind of things happen for a reason and you're not quite sure mm-hmm. where powers come from and things like that and, you know, things spring up unexpectedly. And it's such a good attitude to take into into life itself to kind of look at things through that kind of view and also relating to all the different characters and understanding that they're going through similar things that you're going through. And, you know, the stuff that Chloe's going through, she's, I think it's fair to say she's quite lonely before the storm and she's quite depressed and it's exactly how I felt and it gave me so much power seeing a character deal with with that in such a way that I don't think she realised herself like how powerful she was with kind of like taking hold of this thing that she's struggling with and kind of you know her attitude is very like throw, throw it back in its face and kind of like not really care how she's feeling it's so powerful to see someone kind of be so confident and I really took that on board and kind of thought well maybe I don't want to be like completely throwing myself at this but it's so nice to see a completely different way of dealing with things because I was very much like very reserved and very like the stuff that's happening to me kind of trying to ignore it as much as possible meanwhile Chloe's like confronting it at every opportunity and her sense of humor is on point as well which always helps and she also did it she did it in a non-self-deprecating way too, mm. right? She was yeah. able to like shed um, any kind of negativity and not like, oh, so you know, because a lot of self-deprecating humor, it's really easy to do when mm. you're in a bad place. Um, and yeah, at least her character found a way of not doing that, which is a good role model, right? Getting it out yeah. <laughs> and not, um, not you know, hurting yourself uh, with words or whatever. Because mm. I think that's something I've struggled with as well, kind of, being quite hard on myself about certain situations and just kind of having quite a negative self-esteem a lot of the time. So it's yeah, it's it's refreshing in a way, kind of having a character like that who can just kind of give you a different perspective on things. And yeah, I mean, the game itself just kind of getting into all the different characters and all of them kind of, you get to know them really well and kind of get to know what kind of issues they might be facing. And it helps kind of people realize that, you know, the kind of mental health issues sometimes are a lot more universal than you might think. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the key messages from, from the first game especially was kind of seeing that there's always a different perspective to look at things. 
you can look at someone and judge them for what they're doing, but you can never really fully understand that person because they're going to be different around different people, and mm-hmm. you know, they're going to show different sides of themselves, and it's not always straightforward what you see on the surface compared to what's underneath. And you know those kind of messages are really, really reinforced into my life for the first time. So it, it mm. just kind of made such a big difference. It kind of gave me hope again. This is a really, really big thing, and mm. kind of I've clung on to that ever since and grown from there. And you know, it just it's wonderful. Thank you for telling me that. No, that's really nice. It's it. it doesn't get old when mm-hmm. I hear people say that they um, they've played you know our game and it has affected them in such a positive way. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. I appreciate. You're it. welcome. Thank you so much for the work you've done as well. How how important would you say it is for for I guess future projects, whether it be kind of films and and games, to include like topics of mental health? Would you say it's kind of mm. something you'd kind of heavily lean on the stuff you're working on is it like a very important thing to you or is it kind of i guess really secondary to whatever your whatever kind of project is that's a good question so at the higher level obviously i can't comment on any kind of future project we're mm. working on in that capacity but one thing i what i can comment on is that as a creative person not associated with any a company working on the life is strange franchise has taught me that this is where it's at yes there are other games that are about action and drama and you know like call of duty and um yeah like all these like crazy wild stories but like as far as the the filmmaker in me is like yeah this is where it is it's talking about the things that really matter to people everyday people yes when when we play games we play games for different reasons right sometimes we play games to escape the things we're going through in life right that's why we play call of duty or whatever you just oh, i just want to kill somebody or you know you play diablo oh, i just want to kill some demons you know um and you know i play many hours of diablo myself just to kind of to feel like you're accomplishing something right you're not thinking about your problems of the day you're not thinking about you just want to kill some demons um but when somebody is interested in content and they're open to like, all right, let's watch a movie or let's play something that's got some meaning to it. Yeah. Like stuff that people can relate to and people can relate to mental health. They can relate to LGBTQ. They can relate to, um, you can pick anything. Uh, you really pick anything. And as long as you, um, handle it with care and with dignity, and not just like, but here's a topic and throw it off to the side. As long as you know, you take time to craft something artistically around a topic and, and, and care to execute on it well, people will really resonate with that. So not specific to mental health, but I do appreciate the bigger topic of things that are uncomfortable that we all deal with every day, and, but none of us maybe necessarily talk about. Yeah, those are the things that have some teeth that are really nice uh, to, to dig into from a story perspective. Yeah, it's kind of a, a window for people as well, really, isn't it? It's kind of a window as a, and a way to kind of let people relate to the topics when maybe that kind of conversation won't so easily come up in everyday life and yeah, maybe kind of encourage that confidence to kind of begin that kind of that kind of conversation with people, which I think is really kind of a great thing. One thing I could maybe add there is that I think what makes Life is Strange um, 
more an agent of change because it is a game. I, we've talked about this a little bit mm. earlier, but you know, a film can talk about these things, but it's a passive form of entertainment. You go, the story is told to you and you know, films can be very changing, right? Films can uh, have changed me. I've watched films and gone, oh shit, and gone and changed my life. But um, it's harder to do like a passive form of change just sitting there and being affected by it. Whereas with a game, you're forced to take agency in the story and you're forced to do things. And in doing that, you become part of that, that story and part of those problems and part of those solutions. And it definitely makes it resonate more with you than just the passive form of entertainment. So I think that gaming, yeah. I think you're onto something here with your show, which is, you know, gaming as an agent of change, as an agent of um, helping us deal with these things is definitely a thing. It, it's more, we're more susceptible to it as letting us help us than a passive entertainment. It's an extra element of, of interactivity almost, isn't it? You kind of, you get that extra bit of kind of putting yourself in a person's shoes if you're playing a character and just kind of appreciating more what what life is like for them and what life is like for the characters around them, which I think is, you know, it's really, really important. I think gaming is going to take off even more so than it already has in the future over the next few yeah. years because, you know, it's hope so. more and more people get into it. So it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's exciting because I think we've only started to tap tap the surface of interactive narrative adventure games mm. right i mean we we've you know done pretty well like having good choices and good consequences and making that really compelling but um I, there's still more to be discovered there there's still like uh an open frontier of discovery i keep coming back to the thing we talked about earlier which is this idea of the mental health first aid <laughs> um i i think that's it's a great you know, because you come out of these conversations and it's great. It's very cathartic to talk about these things, mm. you know, for the last couple hours and everything. But like, you know, eventually action needs to be taken. Right. Um, and, you know, we each kind of take small actions to help improve ourselves and how we deal with mental health. Uh, health. But um, an action that I can do, you know, coming out of this would be to, you know, approach my company and say, hey, is this something that we can offer within the company? Is there a person or a service that offers this? that can give us skills to help identify and triage people that we notice within the company that are suffering things. And again, that's a step we can take. So if, so maybe if there's anything I'm taking out of this as, you know, actionable, it's that, which I'm thankful for it's something I can actually do. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome. I'd be so happy if I got implemented as a result of this conversation. That would make me so yeah, proud be cool. because it's like Great. real life action, isn't it? That's what it's all about, just kind of doing things at very first hand help people. Yeah, yeah, you got an outro to do. Cool. Sure, go yeah. for it. Well, I don't, but I might as well make one up as I go along. Yeah, Give yeah, it yeah. a bit more coherence. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Webb. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat to you. Yes. And This has been great, yeah. so thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think it is such an important conversation to have, and it really, really kind of helps me as well getting to talk to people who are kind of look up to so much in that field and like it's been wonderful so thank you so much for your time great thanks and we'll see you soon on changing minds for gaming thank you everyone for watching and thank you everyone in the twitch chat as well for sticking with us all right and awesome. there's our out sweet <laughs> cool you now have content for your episode Woo! yeah awesome <laughs>